What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Duval, welcome in to your daily dose of Jacksonville Jaguars news and analysis. This is Duval Daily by Generation Jaguar. I'm Jordan DeLugo, your host. If you missed our introductory video, you can check that out. But essentially, we are exactly what I just said. I'm just going to be providing a daily dose of Jacksonville Jaguars news and analysis for the fans. Uh, we're going to do a lot of live streams, a lot of fun stuff coming up here. You can listen to us wherever you Get your podcasts. You can watch us on YouTube and interact. We're going to have a lot of fun here. That's going to be the goal, to be fun and to learn and to provide thoughtful and insightful Jaguars analysis. So today, the Jaguars signed pass rusher Arden Key, visited with the team last week, also visited with the Lions, visited with the Ravens, ends up signing with the Jaguars. According to Mike Garofolo, it's a one-year deal worth up to $7 million. Uh, Arden Key, six foot five, two hundred forty pounds, defensive end. He spent uh, three years with the Raiders after being a third round pick in twenty eighteen out of LSU, where he had been a, a very highly touted recruit. Didn't quite live up to that. Didn't quite become the NFL prospect some people envisioned him becoming, but um, still was a third round pick. He signed with San Francisco in twenty twenty one after being waived by the Raiders. Uh, he only had three sacks over his first three years of his career, was not able to make a big impact for the Raiders in Oakland and Las Vegas there. But like I said, after he signed with San Francisco in 2021, he had the best season he's had as a pro. Six and a half sacks, 39 pressures, 14 quarterback hits, all that on just over 300 pass rush snaps. He was a heavy rotational player. He was not a featured starter. He was a guy that was rotating in on pass rush downs primarily and trying to contribute in that way. Uh, he did a lot from the interior, lined up in between the tackle and the guard, kind of a three-tech. He would use his hands to defeat uh, guards inside early and then use his athleticism, his length, to push the pocket and really just take advantage of guys that were not to his level of athlete on that interior. Guards are on, unable to handle his quickness and his overall pass rushing ability in those specific situations. 
uh, trying to rush the passer there. 25 years old. He's still got plenty of tread on the tires. He could still have his best football in front of him, but the Jaguars are able to deploy him in a way that best suits what he's been able to do well over the last 20, uh, excuse me, over the last 12 months uh, in San Francisco. From a cap perspective, like I said, one-year deal worth up to $7 million. So whatever that base salary is, is pretty much what will count against the cap in 2022. We don't know what the base salary is going to be yet, but obviously it's not going to be a huge impact as the deal is only worth up to $7 million. I'd guess it's in the $5 million range, something around that. So it's not going to have a huge impact on the cap. Overall, I think this is an excellent signing. Uh, I actually like it better than some of the Jaguars' signings in Wave 1 of free agency. I think he might be the second-best pass rusher on the team right now uh, after Josh Allen. Uh, You could argue Dewan Smoot or Arden Key. Dewan Smoot certainly has gotten more reps over the last few seasons than Arden Key has um, as a guy in Jacksonville where the cupboard's been fairly bare. So Dewan Smoot's been forced into being a starter, especially in 2021. He performed admirably, but I think both of these guys, when you look at them, should really be rotational rushers, a third rusher, a fourth rusher for your football team, not a frontline guy. Um, Arden Key or Dewan Smoot at this time, I think, would be the starting edge opposite Josh Allen, which is not what you want. So you're obviously going to want to add an edge rusher in the draft, whether that be a one overall, whether that be later on, that has starting potential, that has Pro Bowl potential. Uh, because when you look at Arden Key and Dewan Smoot, I think they're both very good, high quality rotational edge rushers that should not be in the starting lineup for a playoff caliber defense, uh, to be completely honest. I like both guys a lot. I think Arden Key really moves the needle more than some of the other. Uh, signings that the Jaguars have made recently. And when you look at stacking Arden Key, you got Foley Fatukasi on the interior now, who's a good fit with this 3-4 as a nose tackle. You've got um, Olakun, Foye Olakun, who the Jaguars signed to be their kind of premier linebacker that's going to be able to do a lot of different things for them. Mike Caldwell, the Jaguars defensive coordinator, he went up against Aluokan quite often as Aluokan played in Atlanta when Caldwell was uh, the defensive uh, linebackers coach for the Buccaneers. So he knows all about Aluokan. He, I'm sure, signed off on this move and is excited about having him in the middle of his defense there, Roman sideline to sideline, being an enforcer, being a playmaker. And then you look at the addition of Darius Williams, who is going to be a very valuable asset in coverage for the Jaguars on the back end as a second or third cornerback. So you look at what the defense has got going on. I think they're improved. I think they still need help at pass rusher in terms of having a premier edge rusher, a guy that can line up across from Josh Allen and really strike fear into the hearts of those offensive tackles, the coordinators, the quarterbacks. And then you probably need another linebacker to play next to Aluokan, probably a middle linebacker type. Shaq Quarterman could fit that bill. I don't know. We haven't seen enough from him over his first couple years in the league to really know what he's going to be moving forward. But he does that have that type of skill set. Still think you could look to the draft to add someone else in the middle there. And Rayshon Jenkins certainly was 
disappointing in his first year with the Jaguars at safety. I think you could look to upgrade that spot as well. But the defense is much improved. I think you're going to have a scheme that accentuates some of the talents of the guys in the back end. I know Tyson Campbell, he kind of thrived when the Jaguars switched to more of that zone-heavy defense last year. And uh, it looks like, based on what we've seen from Todd Bowles, who is Mike Caldwell's mentor, that the Jaguars will probably move towards that in 2022. But yeah, Arden Key signs with the Jacksonville Jaguars, one-year deal up to $7 million. He's going to help bolster that pass rush, bolster that defensive front. But to continue help bolstering this roster as a whole, we are going to run a live seven-round mock draft here on the Draft Network's mock draft machine. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen here with you. We're going to get that going and uh, hopefully have a lot of fun. This is going to be not a predictive mock. This is going to be a what I would do mock. So the predictive mocks is exactly what it sounds like. It's essentially where I'm predicting what the Jaguars will do based on what Trent Baalke may have done in the past, maybe based on what Doug Peterson likes to do as a head coach, what um, the defense is going to be looking like. This draft, however, this mock draft is going to be what I would do based on the current roster, based on all my different draft philosophies, which we will get to here in just a moment. So, yeah, we've got the TDN mock draft machine pulled up here. We're going to go ahead and get started with this mock draft. The Jaguars obviously hold the number one overall pick. We do not have any trades coming in, trade offers coming in. So we are going to sit here and we're going to choose between Evan Neal, Aiden Hutchinson, Kyle Hamilton, who in my opinion, even though safeties are becoming more valuable uh, when you look at free agent contracts, when you look at long-term contracts, I still don't think the safety position is wise to select in the top five of the draft. You look at free agency every year, you're able to land quality safeties without having to break the bank. Um, That is not the case. When you look at offensive tackle, when you look at defensive end, when you look at some of these other positions, they are breaking the bank every single year. You're having to back the Brinks truck up to sign one of the top edge rushers or one of the top pass protectors uh, on the open market. So I think that is where we're going to have to go with this pick, not only based on value, positional value, but based on who the best player is available on the board for me. It's Evan Neal. I've written a lot about that. You can check out my work on ginjag.com. Evan Neal dominates in pass protection. He is very good as a run blocker in terms of at the point of attack, he really creates movement. He does have some issues staying balanced later in plays, especially as a run blocker. But at that point in the play, he is usually already kicked someone's ass for a couple minutes, or excuse me, a couple seconds. And, uh, and really helped his team out. So Evan Neal is the pick for me. Cam Robinson, he is playing on the franchise tag as of right now. He has not signed the franchise tag. Uh, He has not signed a long-term deal, which the Jaguars have alluded to wanting to get done with, with Cam Robinson. Right now, it's all up in the air at left tackle. You've got Walker Little, who you feel good about, who the Jaguars drafted in the second round of the 2021 NFL draft. But Jawan Taylor has really struggled to this point in his career at right tackle. Um, you've got at left guard a hole after Andrew Norwell moved on to Washington. 
You've got Brandon Linder retiring. Um, so that Jaguars kind of have a hole at center and left guard. I don't think you feel great about right tackle. You don't know what the long-term outlook of Cam Robinson is in Jacksonville. Evan Neal is the best player on my board. He's going to help Trevor Lawrence, whether he's playing left tackle, which he thrived at in 2021 at Alabama, right tackle, which he played in 2020 at Alabama, or at guard, which is where he started his career in college um, playing at left guard for the Crimson Tide. Evan Neal is too good to pass up on. He's a freak athlete at his size at 6'7", 337 pounds. He moves really well. He's incredibly strong, hard worker. Uh, I can't say enough good things about Evan Neal, and he's going to help Trevor Lawrence. So we're going to make him the pick right here and right now. We're going to get the draft going. We're moving pretty quickly through here. Aiden Hutchinson, no surprise, at number two to the Lions. I think that's the easiest pick to make. If the Jaguars do, in fact, pass on Aiden Hutchinson, it'd be shocking to see him to see him fall past the Lions at two. Now, the Bengals are trying to trade back with us here, and they're only asking for a three, a four, a five, and a 2023 20, five. That's interesting. But we don't need to move up two spots. There's enough good players available on the board here for us to just sit where we are and not kind of expend all this draft capital this early in the draft. Lions are trying to move up with us. We're going to ignore that. So where are we at? Kenny Pickett is still available. Traylon Burks went to the Lions at 32. That is a guy that would have been a perfect fit for the Jaguars, needing another wide receiver to complement the group they currently have. Boy, Mafe would have been a nice edge selection if he fell to 33. Let's look at our wide receivers that are available. We've got Sky Moore, Christian Watson, George Pickens. I think George Pickens is the pick out of those guys. David Bell as well um, is another quality receiver. But George Pickens, I mean, He's got the size you're looking for. He's got the alpha mentality. He went out and tested really well in the 40, less than a year after tearing his ACL, ran that 4.47 at six foot three. He's a guy that's explosive. He's twitchy. Uh, alpha mentality, like I said, he creates separation in a variety of ways. He's uh, really good at the catch point. I think he's probably going to end up being the pick here. But we'll go ahead and look at a few other spots. Look at the edge rushers available. Arnold Ebiketti, he is a second-round grade for me. Very tempting here. What is the bigger need for the Jaguars between wide receiver and edge? At this point, I'm certainly leaning wide receiver. We can go ahead and look at some of the um, interior offensive linemen here too. Don't feel too good about that in terms of taking any of those guys over at George Pickens or even Arnold Evichetti, for that matter. We're going to go ahead and put George Pickens on the board here. He has the potential to be a true number one receiver at the next level, to be that target that Trevor Lawrence needs. Trevor Lawrence has really thrived with big targets throughout his career, whether it was Justin Ross, T. Higgins, even Cornell Powell. Um, Pickens is going to come in. Hopefully he's going to be able to contribute right away for the Jaguars. And when you've got Christian Kirk and George Pickens, I think those 
skill sets complement each other well. Pickens can dominate on the outside well, while Christian Kirk aligns primarily on the inside. This just makes too much sense, in my opinion, to pass on George Pickens. Now we've got some a lot of guys that we really like coming off the board here. Ravens are offering pick number 45 for 65, 106, and a 2023 sixth. We're going to go ahead and pass up on this offer and see if we can get anything else that we like a little bit better. And the Vikings are calling. 65, 106, 235, 446. We're going to stand pat here. David Bell's off the board. Chad Muma, he's a guy I really liked out of Wyoming that I think could have complimented Foyer Aluakin there. The Falcons are offering 74 213 for 65. No, thank you. All right, so we have addressed wide receiver and we have addressed offensive tackle. We're feeling very good about getting two of those SEC stars and George Pickens out of Georgia, Evan Neal out of Alabama. What do the Jaguars need now? According to our handy-dandy team needs from TDN, Jaguars need an edge, which I completely agree with. You've got Kingsley Enigbare here at the top of the board. He's a guy that has a lot of tools. He's extremely powerful, pretty uh, pretty impressive overall with what he could become, what he could develop into. But right now he is unrefined. So he's a guy that you're going to need to put a lot of work into in order to get the most out of him. Out of all these guys right here, Drake Jackson, he's a guy that really fell off um, in terms of where he's being projected. Going into 2021, he was one of the top edge rushers in the class. He didn't really thrive in 2021 as many people had expected him to. Nick Benito is a super undersized guy, but a very, very athletic, productive edge rusher. Going to need to be a pass rush specialist in all likelihood. Sam Williams. Had Sam Williams not uh, been accused of some off-the-field incidents, and of course he was cleared of that uh, off-the-field issue, had he not suffered that or had gone through that, he'd likely be an early second-round pick, maybe even a first-round pick. Tested extremely well, very productive for Ole Miss. He, he's a guy that has a three-down skill set as a edge rusher, as a defender, uh, a run defender. But I think we can hold off and wait till at least 70 to land Sam Williams. We've got a need at safety. Kirby Joseph, yeah, I'm a fan of his game. Reminds me a good bit of Tashawn Gibson, but we're going to wait here. A lot of safeties left on the board. Let's just look at our top available players. Trey McBride and Travis Jones, I don't think either of them should be on the board here at 65. Trey McBride, for my money, is is one of the more complete tight ends I've ever scouted. He is excellent in, in uh, end-line position as a blocker, really knows what he's doing. He's technically refined. He's strong. He dominated the sleds at uh, the NFL Combine last month. And then you look at Travis Jones, who he dominated the Senior Bowl, 
uh, extremely powerful, extremely athletic for his size, a guy that can really be a pocket pusher and a run stuffer uh, for your defense here. So we've got Murray entering the screen here, potentially. My dog is having a good time trying to trying to participate in the mock draft here. But yeah, we're going to roll with Trey McBride. All three of the Jaguars' current um, top three tight ends, when you look at Dan Arnold, when you look at Chris Manhurts and Evan Ingram, they're only on one-year deals. They're their contract ex- their contracts all expire after the 2022 NFL season. So getting a guy like Trey McBride who can do it all for you as a receiver, as a blocker, um, as a guy who is used to being a featured weapon on offense. He pretty much was Colorado State's offense. Aligned all over the field for them. He is just too good to pass up on at 65 overall. Let's go ahead and look at Sam Williams here. Yep. Still on the board. We're going to add him. Sam Williams, you've got the off the field concern. You've got to make sure that you've vetted him, that you feel good about him uh, in terms of who he is as a character or, and uh, how he's going to fit into your locker room, into your culture. Is he the guy that is going to come in and be able to lock down one of those starting edge spots opposite Josh Allen? I think of all the guys on the board, he has the best shot to do it. So we're going to go ahead and put Sam Williams in at pick number 70. Kenneth Walker finally goes off the board. He's my RB1 right now. Falls all the way to the 80s. What do we got? The Patriots offering up pick 85 for 106 and 157. We're going to go ahead and stand pat here. Feeling pretty good about what's going to be available to us at 106. A 7 and a 4 for 93 overall. That is enticing, but again, we're going to go ahead and stand pat here. All right, so we're now into day three of the NFL draft. A lot of talent left on the board. Isaiah Likely, talented tight end, but we are good to go at the tight end spot. Fedarian Mathis, he's a guy that most people would have projected to go in round two a couple months ago. Probably looking more like he's going to be a third or fourth rounder now. He's a very talented interior defensive lineman out of Alabama. I'm intrigued by him. I think he'd be a really good value right here. But the Jaguars have a lot of bodies on the interior right now when you look at Roy Robertson-Harris, Malcolm Brown, uh, Devon Hamilton. They drafted at this same spot, top of the fourth round. Last year, they drafted Jay Tufele. They just signed Foley Fatukasi. So we're going to pass on IDL just because we have too many bodies James Cook is an interesting prospect here because the Jaguars have a bit of an injury concern at running back, right? James Robinson's coming off the Achilles. He's not going to be ready until at some point in training camp, according to Doug Peterson. Uh, Peterson does believe that 
Travis Etienne, who suffered the Liz Frank injury in preseason of 2021, will be ready to contribute um, prior to training camp. He'll get some football work in before that. But uh, the cupboard's barely bare after those two guys. You don't really want to rely on anyone else that's currently on the roster. If either of them is to miss time, if they need extra time to get it going, you've got James Cook staring at you right here. Love that. Brian Robinson's very talented. All these guys right here should be able to really come in and help a football team. I think James Cook, he's got the home run threat. He's got the three down um, skill set when it comes to being able to be a good pass blocker. He runs routes like a receiver when he's lined up in the slot or outside. Very fast. The brother of Dalvin Cook. I don't think he should last until day three. I also don't think Damian Pearson excuse me, Damian Pierce, shout out to Damian Pearson of the Draft Network. But Damian Pierce, I don't believe, should be on the board at this point either, to be completely honest with you. It's tough, but because James Cook offers more of a versatile skill set in terms of the ability to really pop off and and produce some chunk plays and hit the home run, I'm going to take Cook over Damian Pierce. If I was taking a guy to be my featured number one back, I probably would roll with Pierce because I think he's going to be a little more durable, a little bit more of a contact balance, tackle breaking, interior runner. He also has a three down skill set, but just because Cook can really hit the home run, we're going to roll with James Cook here. Now, this is an area of the draft that I've been intrigued by trading up to. We'll see if we get any offers here soon. It doesn't look like any are coming in. Um, there's going to be, and this is how it always is, in round four, there are a lot of talented, talented players coming off the board. And after having that um, night to kind of reflect on what happened on day two of the draft, you can really kind of attack day three early on and find some good values. I think the Jaguars did that with J2 Fele last year. I think Jordan Smith was still a bit of a head scratcher trading up to land him. Um, so the Jaguars met with Hassan Haskins out of Michigan, who's a guy that has the potential to be a starter at the next level. Obviously, they don't need him to be a full-time starter. They would just need him to be able to contribute in a role and also potentially uh, fill in if ETN or Robinson is not ready for preseason, regular season, what have you. Let's take a look at safety. Marquise Bell is super intriguing, right? He's out of Florida A&M. Had he played at a bigger school, I think he would be Probably an early day three pick, maybe even a day two pick. Very good athlete. Um, but based on the board here, I think we can hold off on him. JT Woods, track star, unbelievable speed at, uh, at safety out of Baylor there. Let's go ahead and just look at who the top players on the board are here. Let's see if we could land a potential center of the future. Unfortunately, the guy I've been targeting quite a lot looks like he's no longer available at center. No. The Kentucky interior offensive lineman, who I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. 
but I had been targeting him quite a lot. Alec Lindstrom is another guy that the Jaguars were at his pro day. Um, he's off the board. You look at Chris Paul. Had a really impressive senior bowl, in my opinion. I think he's a guy that could come in and potentially help you out there. Brock Hoffman. I think we're going to wait a little while and try to land him later in the draft to be a potential starting center down the road. Got Matt Areza, superstar punter. The Jaguars are not in need of a punter with Logan Cook back there. Got pretty good cornerback depth now. But Kobe Bryant is too damn talented to pass on here. I think you're looking at him in the fifth round. He has the potential to be a starter, especially in a defense that features zone-heavy coverages. Very smart football player. We're going to go ahead and add him to a defense that I think could still use more depth at cornerback. He'll probably slot in as the fourth or fifth guy in his first year behind like a Trey Herndon um, or perhaps in, in front of Trey Herndon if he's able to beat him out for that fourth spot there. So we're now at pick 180. We've addressed a lot of needs. What do we got going on? We'll go ahead and add Marquise Bell. He's kind of a high ceiling pick here, in my opinion. Has some really good instincts, some really good movement ability. Like I said, I think he'd be a much higher pick had he not played at Florida A&M. All right, pick 188. What do we got here? There's no position for kickers on the TDN uh, tabs here. We got Cade York in here somewhere. Nope. So we're going to go ahead and... uh, we're going to draft Cade York. We'll go ahead and put Areza here. I think the Jaguars should draft or sign a, a, a rookie kicker to come in and compete with Matt Wright, to compete with um, Ryan Santoso, who they recently brought in. Hopefully I didn't butcher his name there. So now at the end of this draft, we're just going to be looking for the best values that we can get, guys that should not be available at this point. I think Tyler Algier fits into that category. He could come in and be a very effective player in his own rushing attack. Charlie Kohler, interesting. I do not think he's going to be on the board at this point. Because of that, we're going to go ahead and add him. Again, you like what you've got in 2022 at tight end when you look at Trey McBride, um, you look at uh, Dan Arnold, Evan Ingram, Chris Manhurts, but the three veterans there are all going to be on expiring contracts in 2022. So you can add Charlie Kolar, who can compliment Trey McBride and give you a one-two punch for the future. Back-to-back picks here. 
Jeffrey Gunter, he should not be available either. I think he has the potential to be a second or third edge rusher on a team. Very good run defender, good athlete. Put him on the board. All right, so we are at 222. We've got pick 235 coming up. We have added a ton of talent already. I'm going to go ahead and try to trade out of these spots with no one on the board that I'm really just screaming for here. Actually, we haven't added our center, so we can go ahead and add Brock Hoffman, who I do think has a chance to be a starting center in the NFL. We've done a lot here. We have added George Pickens at receiver. I think the Jaguars could stand to add another developmental deep threat receiver if we can land one here. Charleston Rambo certainly is that. Kevin Austin has a really nice athletic profile out of Notre Dame. We'll go ahead and put Charleston Rambo on the board. I think he could really stretch the field for the Jaguars long term and, and just add to the talent and depth in the receiver room, make it more competitive. That's going to do it for the draft, right? We landed Evan Neal at one overall. And again, this is not predictive. This is what I would do. I do not expect the Jaguars to take Evan Neal, even though I would really like them to. I expect them to roll with Aiden Hutchinson, as most of the pundits have predicted. But we've got Evan Neal, George Pickens, Trey McBride, Sam Williams, and James Cook as our top five picks. I don't think you can do much better than that, to be completely honest. Evan Neal is a versatile offensive lineman. He should be able to start anywhere on the offensive line for you outside of center. You've got needs at left guard. I think you have a need at right tackle, and long-term, you don't know what's going to happen with Cam Robinson. So Evan Neal makes a ton of sense. George Pickens, love George Pickens here at 33. He probably would have been one of the top three or four receivers in this draft class had he not suffered that torn ACL. Trey McBride, he's going to be a do-it-all utility knife tight end who catches everything, runs good routes, great blocker, really going to help Trevor Lawrence out. Sam Williams has the potential to be a starting edge rusher and a very good one at that in the NFL. Very good athlete, pass rush prowess. He's developing as a run defender as well. And then James Cook is your insurance policy for Travis Etienne and for um, James Robinson. He's also a guy that can add something to your team that neither of those guys do, which is elite route running uh, as a receiver. He doesn't have to just run routes out of the backfield. You can line him up in the slot. You can line him out wide, and he can also hit the home run. And then we've just filled in with a bunch of value guys throughout the rest of the draft that can kind of project into roles in the future for the Jaguars. That's going to do it. For this edition of Duval Daily, I've had a really good time. Hopefully you guys have too. 
And uh, let me know your feedback in the comment section for sure. Follow myself at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter, Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. And check out genjag.com for all the latest Jaguars news and analysis. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.